are back to our podcast. I just tried to grab some notes that Lisa printed out that I thought were our podcast notes, but it's actually a recipe for mashed potatoes. And it begins, let us now praise mashed potatoes. Does it say that? Yep. It's about time again, the mashed potato. <laughs> this is like a novella about Okay, I've been craving potatoes. these particular mashed potatoes that are from the Seattle restaurant Cafe Campania. Lily, you have to chill out and come sit on our lap. Come over here. I'll get her. And um, <laughs> they're so good. And where is this from? I think this is like the Seattle Times where they had... I think this might be the whole recipe. Yeah, they but have I'm recipe. a little offended because <laughs> I usually make the mashed potatoes, and I feel great about my mashed potatoes. Yeah, but these are the ones, and they have tips too. It's not just the recipe. It's like I don't know how to I don't know. boil them correctly. Yeah, I think how, the fully you... <laughs> mash. These have. Yeah, um, we should have a competition. They're garlic mashed potatoes but they're okay the main thing is they're creamy you need to have the food mill so i have to find the food mill which is in a box somewhere in the garage so i did find the notes for the podcast yeah so what was funny though is when you came in carrying it you said i feel like this paper what'd you say this paper i picked up this papers for twin flames i think you want them for the podcast yeah so you didn't read twin flames you just like projected from the energy of mashed potatoes and i saw the tea the divine love of mashed potatoes, which is basically yeah. the same thing as twin flame relationships. Yeah, I would say that good mashed potatoes <laughs> is the most ecstatic. It's better the than point any twin flame of union. Spirituality is good mashed potatoes. Yeah. The point of being incarnated on planet Earth is to enjoy, appreciate. Yeah. I still think my potatoes are better, though. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. So I'm going to make mine. Which brings us to Francis Mallman, who I'm obsessed with, who, you know, basically became a chef from his highlighting of potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother story and podcast. But today... We're going to talk about potatoes. <laughs> we're going to talk about... You know, ugh, I have so many feelings, everyone, about this podcast today, because... I did call a friend today. Why don't I introduce it? Okay, yeah, because I have too many mixed feelings about Here's this. Here's how I'll introduce it. Okay, so about like a week ago, I saw on Amazon there was this show. Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> I think it was on Amazon too. And it said Escaping the Twin Flame Universe. No, I think, okay, and, so the title, one thing we should be uh, a little specific about the, <laughs> the platform and the name of the documentary. It's a documentary on Netflix called Twin, no, it, Escaping Twin Flames. And the name of their group is Twin Flame Universe. So the name of the documentary, for anyone who's wondering what we're going to talk about for the next whatever minutes, is called escaping twin yeah. flames take it away adam okay my name would have been googleable <laughs> googleable uh so i saw this show i was like okay what's this it, it piqued my interest um the couple that the show was about i've seen i've s- seen them through various channels we actually our publicist at one point said why don't you go on their podcast because they have a big following. I went on their page and I like watched a video and I was like, this feels really bad to me. I get it. I'm, uh, Lisa can attest to this. I have like, the way I read people is in like five seconds. Like it's my first hit. 
And I, it's actually if I don't trust that first gut hit is usually when I get confused. Yeah. My intuition is really on a body level of like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. And so then I, I knew I probably should watch that show just to kind of know what yeah. was being said. But I was like, I actually can't. You saw, like, you didn't watch the show. You saw the trailer. The I don't even know if you watched the trailer. Did you watch the trailer, or yeah. did you just mm-hmm. see? Okay, I didn't. Know but for when back then, it was just a random video they had. Right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But so I watched part of the trailer, and I was like, I can't. Like, I actually have very low tolerance for like I just start feeling very uncomfortable and um, gross in my body. And then another show came out. That's another Netflix show that I won't say the title of, so I don't mess it up. <laughs> That's about another woo-woo sort of cult going down. And that one, too, I like... Elise was like, are you going to watch this with me? I was oh, like, it's the one I started watching yeah. this morning. It's about like, Mother God. I don't know the name of that and one And I was either. like, no, I just... I can't. <laughs> and and so I wanted to say that because I know Lisa did watch these shows. I, I watched that today. She has a today. lot to say about it. So today has been a fun day of watching cult documentaries. Yeah. Uh, What's different about Elisa and I is she gets really curious about investigating people's psychology and trying to figure out what their motives are, what makes them tick, what's going on. Okay, the name and, of the, that one just for everybody mm-hmm. is called Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. That one's on HBO and it's about the life and death of Amy Carlson, also known as Mother God. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So before I just end, what I'm saying is I've, I've said before... That it's unfortunate because, oh, the last thing that happened is then I was in the kitchen and I walked past (laughs) and somebody was saying something about like ascension symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I took that word for word, I would actually agree with that one sentence. But the, again, my body was like, something feels really terrible. And so what's very, very unfortunate is I think that Elise and I get grouped into this woo woo new age scene that. Uh, can attract a lot of bypassers, a lot of people that have unresolved trauma and are using spirituality as a way to vacate their bodies and vacate the issues. And Instead um, of coming more fully into their true selves and their lives, yeah. it's an escape and it's avoidant and it's... And so for like Elise and I, like I'll just speak for myself on this, but I know my top priority has always been, well, how do I show up as like a good dad? And if my spirituality doesn't serve that, because that's to me the most important thing. I want to be here for my kids. And and if that if my spirituality doesn't help me be a better, more present father here, then it's not right. Yeah. And so... Uh, and partner. You know, one thing I was thinking about today, because the Twin Flames thing is like a cult as well. And then you see people trying to break out of the cult and they really have to question everything like who is real to me who are my real friends who was really Mm -hmm. reflecting my true self instead of like this false place out of control and I remember we've always been we've had such an intense our own twin flame journey we've always felt very mixed about using that terminology for what we are the reason we ended up using that term, like on Danica Patrick's podcast, when she was like, we thought we were talking about one thing, and then she was like, let's do talk about your twin flame journey. And we're like, I was nervous to even like use that term publicly. But then at the end of the day, there was some twin flame information online that helped me, 
when we were coming together to understand some literal symptoms and things that were happening to us. So part of me has mixed feelings about it. And that's what we'll talk more about today. We're going to yeah. go into what that show's about, mm-hmm. what were, what was the true light and the false light part mm-hmm. of it, because it, the devil always speaks in half truths, meaning there's a Gnostic idea. There's a biblical idea and many, many religions. There's this yeah. idea that, um, that, Fake people, places, and things will have a resonance that's um, adjacent to something that's true. And so it tricks people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's so sacrilegious and painful about like the fact that this is like the number one, number two most watched movie on Netflix right now is yeah. all these people are for the first time getting introduced to the concept of twin flames through this like really horrifying cult that's yeah. taking away people's individuality and their connection to their divinity and it's so heartbreaking and sad that um a lot of people are going to come away with anytime they hear twin flame that's the association and also and at the end of the day it's like part of me doesn't even care i don't even would ever never even use the term twin flame i'm not like married Mm. to like people need to understand but the reality is that it it is real for some people and and that there are these certain types of relationships we have always said over and over again, it's not everyone's destiny or dharma. It shouldn't necessarily be something you're always trying to make happen in every relationship. There's challenging things to different types of relationships, whether it's twin flame or soulmates. And I've often said, you know, on my kids, I would wish a nice soulmate relationship instead of a twin flame relationship because of the challenges of that. But there's... Yeah. I just want to say, just to flush out some of the things you're saying, because before you get too far into a different concept... First, I would say, uh, I mean, any form of spirituality and religion can be twisted. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've seen throughout history, yeah. right? You can use the name of Jesus to, you know, do the Spanish, equi- uh, what's it called? Inquisition. Inquisition. You know, like, um, there's, so any, I think, form of spirituality can be, it's, I, and I think there there's actually, I think, a fatal flaw something interesting about our psychology that once you use the word god or uh or whatever symbol you want that it becomes an excuse in some people's mind to have violence over or control over or manipulation you know uh so first it's just throughout all of history with every religion with every single term ever invented i think what's a little different is this is new Right? These are new terms that people aren't very familiar with. Mm-hmm. We might have just started hearing the word twin flame the last 10 years. Though it's not actually not a new concept. It's very rooted deep in a lot of Gnostic Jewish texts. And, Plato you know, talked about it. Yeah, and so, but the popularity of it has arisen. So now there's association that it's purely only these new agey people that are cultish and bypassing that are using it. Yeah. And well, then, our personal story is mm-hmm. that we went through a lot of things, which some people listening may know and some people may not know. And we, we don't, I don't really care if people think we are or aren't a twin flame relationship. I'm not attached. For us, it's like, where is the love? So yeah. it's like, it doesn't, to, it's not, to me, it's not a hierarchy of like, twin flames are the mm-hmm. best and you should try to find a twin flame relationship. It's just a certain type of yeah. dynamic. And this is what was helpful for us in the beginning was because you said you went online and and there's something familiar about that there 
helpful about finding that phrase out there. Yeah. And what was helpful, one of the things was they talked about this runner chaser right. dynamic. Yeah. And so I would say that that has been a little specific to the category of twin flames. And what I mean by that is it's sort of like part, part of the love is activating fears in a sense that sometimes you get in this dynamic of like push pull thing through mm-hmm. the and so being like hey this may be fitting under this twin flame category and that helps us uh know that all my fears here might be some of my reaction to experiencing unconditional love uh so i'm just saying that that ventures into a territory that's outside of a lot of normal psychology around relationships. Well, and a lot of people, it sounds like attachment issue stuff yeah. where they're like, oh, that looks like avoidant attachment and anxious yeah. attachment, mm-hmm. which are, but the twin flame dynamics a little different than just even those type of attachment issues and even codependency stuff that it gets kind of activated within twin flame relationships. But I don't want to talk about any of that right now. What I want to talk about is that we wrote a book, Holy Love, as an attempt to translate what we learned through our twin flame relationship without using the term twin flame. We were trying to share what we were shown through our own relationship about the energetics and the communication and seeing someone versus their ego and their soul through holy love. That's how much we tried to avoid just saying like even like twin flame stuff. And also people privately call us all the time and say like, do you think twin flames seem to find us because they can Mm -hmm. feel and know what we've gone through. And so we do help people navigate that. And I'm just going to get into the movie because that already brings me to some differences in terms of like what I was noticing in the movie, Mm -hmm. like how you can tell if something's kind of a cult or if it's a high control group, there's a couple surefire signs that I was watching as I was watching the movie. One, the, the couple Jeff and Shailia, I think that's how you say her name. They were in charge of telling you, who your twin flame is, if that's a twin flame, they were like the credentials, yeah, the authorities of the situation. We will never tell people that for it's, we will sometimes validate. I'll say often in sessions, this is a very common twin flame dynamic that you're telling me about. That sounds like very twin flame ish. What you're saying also the same way people call me and say, tell me what my soul's name is. I will never sit there and say, I'm going to tell you your soul's name because for a couple of reasons. One, I think that's a sacred moment that should come from your own discovery and investigation and acceptance. Two, I don't think it's just like one name. I think it's an energy, an entity, a universe of love, and it's your ego's relationship to what that universe is. And so sometimes the name can even shift or get closer over time as you're getting to discover and know that universe. And with a twin flame, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, it is kind of like something that is really sacred that you need to kind of come to on your own. And it also isn't something anyone should ever be assigning to you or telling you if it doesn't feel right or resonating in some really deep way. So that was a warning sign. Um, then there was a whole bunch of pressure on if you know who your twin flame is, then you have to make that relationship work. So there's no free will in this lifetime of like your choice around it, which we don't believe either. For a lot of times we'll see where the people have really strong karmic connections, past life mm-hmm. relationship with someone. And if somebody's like an addict or abusive, 
we're not encouraging them to go hitch their wagon to something that's really unhealthy yeah. for your human self or your family or your children or whatever. So that idea that you like, if it's your twin flame, you've got to do anything to make it work, almost like stalkering level of how you're going to chase them and force your way into their life. It's a little tricky because there are times within our own relationship. We only stalked each other a little bit. <laughs> where <laughs> there was actually moments where my ego would be in a thing or your ego would be in a thing where there was some kind of persistence needed to, to break down the ego, but it wasn't from a place of control or abuse or mm-hmm. like that the other person wasn't ultimately really on board. I but, mean, you told me when we first met to leave. I mean, I told you when we first you, met, don't think we'll ever be together because and you said, uh, you should, you should go live in LA <laughs> and this is, and I, and I was like, I'm just going to hang around and see what happens. <laughs> so I take it all uh, back. The stalker approach yeah. does work. You just wear them down. <laughs> well, you did the op- Oh, you mean because I'm stalking yeah, yeah. you? Yeah. No. But, but I didn't tell you when I was staying. I was like, I'm just, just I'm happened just to, happen be to be there. staying around. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we had a bigger destiny that was unfolding. That Both yeah. of us, thank God, learned how to soul journal. So we had our own inner processes to be able to get us there. But it wasn't a external convincing in any form um it's definitely a high control group where you they they were really controlled they control all the members like what like they did a GoFundMe at one point to encourage some new twin flame relationship that they like forced together and they gave them like five thousand dollars and then the woman said that even told him down to like what curtains to buy with the money so they were like, here's this money, and I'll like, do what we want with it. So there's a lot of like control at all levels. Um, Crazy. Cutting off anyone who's not supportive of what they are saying. So cutting off any other critical thinking or kind of... Oh, sorry, we just believe mentality. the truth will set you free. Like The truth is so strong, you don't need to hide it under a bushel in the sense of it can't be exposed to other, you know... Questions. I think it's good to question and it's good to be even skeptical as long as you're not cynical. I think because cynicism comes from a wounded energy of pain. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, the ego does have questions. I, I think it's tough because this is such a hard to discuss conversation too. It's like, well, one way to put it is many times I've said like, especially in the beginning, like, well, maybe we are maybe we aren't like twin flames it doesn't matter you know that's what i was gonna say and earlier. so because what matters is i know i want to be with you and like that wasn't the deciding well factor. i remember when yeah. because there was real stuff happening to us in terms of ascension symptoms yeah. telepathic stuff happening energy downloads kundalini like symptoms i yeah. mean we've told a lot of stories on these topics before but i think I remember when it almost felt at one point like it's like, are we forced together because mm-hmm. of what's happening to us? But I remember at one point you said to me, like, even if all of this went away and we were no longer intuitive with each other and yeah. we no longer whatever, you're like, I would just choose. I want to, I just love you. Yeah. I just want to be with you. And that's kind of what's the most important <laughs> at the end of the day. If it's like the sky's opened. <laughs> And God came down and was actually a real asshole. What if God came down right now and was like, we, this has been a lie this whole time. Elisa, 
was sent to trick you as <laughs> a demonic <laughs> well, entity. That would be pretty confusing. That would be. Yeah. What would you do though? Well, okay. Now well, I'm gonna storm out this, of here if you say the wrong thing. I I kind of love this <laughs> this question actually. Be- <laughs> oh my gosh. So I think for me a huge. Uh, component of like my life myth or whatever my my purpose has been sort of set on has been trying to really figure out and feel into what is real on a really grounded basis and because i went through a series of experiences of being gaslit a little bit as a child through a bomb blast in india and just different things and and it really came down to what well i think i guess this, the most simple way to put it is like i just feel like i have sort of a a a bodily radar in any conversation i have i'm like this feels real or it doesn't feel real this feels like a true interaction this feels like not an interaction so i could i could make it complex and put a whole mm-hmm. spin on but i think what really, makes something true is it love or what it what it makes I would say it's it's a honesty it's, it's my intuition it's a feeling you know mm-hmm. and so because people don't actually have to be really honest like I'm not expecting people to be like their most authentic selves and all you mm-hmm. know it's like I'm going to the real estate office these days I get we're all kind of you know putting on a mask for our social interactions but um, I think I can just really feel in my body where it's coming from and if it's really motivated from Something the intentions that feels, it's motivated yeah, from. The intentions it's motivated from. So if a demon came down and said it was all fake, that would really throw me for a spin because I'd be like, whoa, I spent a lot of time really trying to figure out what feels really grounded and real to me. <laughs> so yeah, then it would be my word against theirs. And I would well, probably, probably would trust mine would, more. You and, would you feel know. into the energy of the demon and yeah. that what is coming in, where's it coming from ultimately. Yeah. This is probably such a funny place like it's to go funny, into the conversation. But it's also like kind of like <laughs> mythic like I feel like cuz this happens a lot, right? Well, it's, it's like also in all what the Bible stories and in the know? show is as you see them kind of deprogramming coming out of the cult, it really is that question of these people that I thought were my connection to God or God. So of course later it goes yeah. from I'm helping you find twin flames to I am Jesus Christ and I look like him for a reason and I am that guy and like this whole thing. So then it becomes this religion of like you are my connection to God and then it becomes, you know, they're so deep in the deep end with it that then when they leave, they're like, you're losing all your friendships, you're losing your connection to the divine and spirituality. And so they do have to question that. Like what, what is a demon? What is true yeah. energy? So I think what we're doing often with people is we're helping them train that muscle of, hey, where's your radar? What? How do you feel? How do you feel right now? And how do you there's, know anything? There's a lot of terrible spiritual teachers out there that are really manipulative and dark. I would say and the so, majority. And so we say, you know, hey, after you listen to that person talk, do you feel like you want to be more like them? Do you feel like a pressure or do you feel more like yourself? Do you feel more grounded in your life? And we say, hey, if you ever disagree with any of our information or anything, like, listen to that, you know? Because our whole thing is like, nobody owns truth except for you. And I think that that's the biggest thing with any spiritual teacher ever, including priests or including, you know, rabbis or whoever, is who has the authority of truth? 
if there's ever a spiritual teacher that says, I know what's true and you don't know what's true, then you're in the weeds and you need to really look at that. It really gets confusing in the thing because one term he said is like, be a honey badger of love. So you need to pursue your twin flame by any means. And so there's about this like being persistent. And it's kind of like tricky because sometimes with ego and soul, there is a certain part of being persistent to some degree. But again, it's not coming from control. It's like, what are your intentions? Are you forcing something? Well, it's like therapy. Or are you listening? You know, it's like in therapy, at some point, you're going to face some difficult places you don't want to face. So I think a lot of... If you hear our dog, <laughs> our dog just begs for Lily. water. Every time we start drinking water, she stares at us like, where's my water? So our dog is a princess and she <laughs> wants us to feed her water in a cup. She's my connection to the divine with mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah, that too. She's also <laughs> Look very, at her. She's adorable. She's also very um. Needy. She's wearing her Christmas sweater. Yeah. Uh, Lily. So I think this is, this is a, I think, condensed down to kind of the points we're trying to make. I think that there's a <laughs> and, <laughs> and now Lily is on her water. is choking on water. Yeah. There's a point in which we need to push ourselves mm-hmm. in which something feels uncomfortable for us. Uh, for instance, if you're in a therapy session, I don't feel like going towards that emotion right now. So that can be hard because what are you trusting there? Are you trusting your your feeling of I want to run from this emotion, or, I, or do I need to push push through that uncomfortable feeling? Mm-hmm. So I think that spiritual teachers, I, I think these, I can kind of vibe this from these twin flames. Use that a little bit of like, oh, you're well, hiding from my your sense is too. They went online, and mm-hmm. you can read about some themes that are common in the twin flame communities, and then it feels like they took a real like intense bias version of it and then really tried to sell it in this crazy way um another thing they talk a lot about which we talk also about is divine masculine divine feminine Mm. so there's like all this stuff about that and then of course with them they're assigning people you are it it gets so tricky because there's even certain things they would say there that i would like agree with but then Mm. there's a whole bunch in the way they're doing it obviously too that i don't want and it gets into one thing they're doing is this real literalization which we don't we can we have this feeling like your soul can have a bent towards masculine and feminine and i you can never speak for everyone because even if one person is like my soul is 100 percent feminine that doesn't mean every single soul is the same way people can have different percentages etc we find there is a polarity on a soul level sometimes and also on the human level of a masculine feminine dynamic like a yin yang dynamic what they do is if your soul is that like masculine, then your like human form has to match it. So they, and then they are the only ones who know and assign what people are. So then, because there's more women than men in this twin flame community, and then these people paid all this money to guarantee they'll get their twin flame. Then they started saying, we're assigning your twin flame, Barbara and Jan, you're each other's twin flame. And Barbara, you're actually the divine masculine. You need to become a man through surgery, through pronouns, changing your name and potentially surgery. That's <laughs> the craziest yeah. thing so I've ever heard. Then there's this forcing of telling other people what their sexuality is, what their gender is. And 
what's wild is, and this is where people don't understand that the divine feminine masculine does not have to do with being a man or a woman. People yeah. do not understand that. It's like, oh, if I have a divinely feminine energy, then I must be a, have a vagina. And that is not how it works. I was kind of brought up with this, all the Jungian concepts of, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but there's just, and there is some flaws in evolution with concepts in the 60s from Jungian stuff to now. But I think there, there, what I do like about it, it's held with, a it's the energetic not the physical body part of it so we are strongly strong believers we are pro like trans advocates and i think there but it so so messed up because it was like this really confusing dynamic of yeah. i don't even know how to put it into words it's kind well, of like I looking think, like they're supporting yeah. Yeah. like these kind of ideas of you can, which, which we believe in, you should have yeah. choice and freedom around your, well, it's like your you said, body. But, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like you said before, you're like, you don't tell people their soul's name yeah, because that's a, that that's a sacred moment. Yes. And it would be a crime for you to do that for them because there's part of a awakening and claiming that happens through that process. Yeah. Of like, wait, this is who I am, and I'm the one who's sure about this. Yeah. I know it, it's beautiful. I mean, it's like a second birth, right? And so that should be the same with any decisions about what gender you are, what you if you're masculine, feminine, what your pronouns are, um, if you feel what more comfortable. What your sexuality is. It, you know, having surgery, and, and, and so that... No, I mean the the idea that somebody would tell you when and how and you know you needed to do that and if you should do that is just totally crazy to me. It is so wild. So it was disturbing. I felt incredibly sad for everyone involved in this. Um, I just you know the reason I'm always interested in cult documentaries is because. I'm always watching energetically for, for one, what does the enemy do in order to trick and confuse people away from their soul? And I feel like as kind of someone who's always been interested in speech communications and techniques around that, I feel like I'm trying to know what darkness does in order to counter it and to really promote individual connection for people and really listening and then so it's like sometimes even using the language of what other people are doing to kind of be able to support also i have a lot of clients that have come out of cults so a lot of it is also just the psychological knowledge of like what that is what they've been through how to keep supporting them and and all of that so i mean and that's something i do more than you do because <laughs> you have like a big i have a different way of yeah. being with it and so I feel like, but it's also upsetting whenever you, you know, view something like mm -hmm. that. So I think I just wanted to touch base on it. It felt like to say something about it because I felt like a lot of people do know that that's something we do consider ourselves as to be twin flames. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a big public moment for twin flames. It's unfortunate that it's just like through this lens and I hope our little list there of 
the differences is useful to some people. And the takeaway is you are your own authority in what is true and what is real. And sometimes it can be hard to feel that because maybe we're avoiding something. Maybe there's something complicated in our lives. And that's the whole point. That's the whole journey is sort of like, how do we untangle the messiness of being human and get really real with who we are, what we want in life, how we want to be with life? Because to me, that's the purpose. That's what individuation is. I think it's a beautiful thing because it's not following set um, rules. It's not like you need to be this way. You should be doing this. This is good. This is bad. It's more like, and it's not also comparing yourselves to other people's lives and the amount that they've done and all the accomplishments they've had. It's really, what is the life that fits you? And how do you live it well as you? And I think that's the highest, most beautiful thing. In it's also do. one of our favorite things to really support people on love journeys when people are coming together in like high level spiritual relationships where it's not just about the ego getting what it, it wants, but it's about the ego turning into love. And that is often the, the point of twin flame and soulmate relationships. So mm-hmm. putting out there, if you are struggling or interested in kind of our lens on it, we would love to support you in that. And also just be mindful when you're online scanning around to listen to your gut and to journal about it and always just like take a second to slow down and feel here's a listening challenge for everybody listening journal with your soul tonight just do it (laughs) just do it that's it just sit down see what you know and remember it's easier than you think i have people all the time every week that are saying you know in sessions like i know i should and i'm avoiding it and it's like it doesn't have to be that deep or intense it can just be like Hey, so like what self-care tips do you want me to tell me for tonight? Or yeah. I, I like to start with, is there anything like small I've just been avoiding hearing mm-hmm. for myself? Cause that's enough sometimes to wiggle, wiggle up the yeah. connection again. It's also not always a radical experience, you know, like sometimes I'm in a crummy mood and I journal with my soul and I'm in a crummy mood afterwards, but <laughs> my information's not wrong. You know, and then later I'll tell you, I'm like, well, I was upset about this thing, but my soul told me it's yeah, fine I think and people to relax also and put too much pressure on it. It's not yeah. going from like really horrible mood to like ecstasy. It's yeah. about making things 5% better, 5% better, 5% better yeah. till you start to move the needle in yeah. a different direction. And on the reverse, sometimes it's incredible. So sometimes it really does. And sometimes Shit. you get great downloads that change your whole friggin' life. So uh. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you so think we need to mention? I think the biggest mention? takeaway is that I make better mashed potatoes than Cafe Campania. Oh my gosh. And um, if you think otherwise, you're wrong. I'm the authority of this information. I know the truth and you don't. So post on our Instagram, do you add garlic or not? I add garlic to my potatoes. Mm, I always add garlic to my potatoes. I don't don't taste it. And by the way, garlic salt is not real garlic. Yeah, I was about to say. That's why. I do granulated garlic sometimes. That's not even real. No, I do. It's false like garlic. (laughs) I do roast it though sometimes and then crush it up. Mm. But maybe not enough. Well, I like roasted. All right, take care, everybody.